my name is Miriam, your host at the Holy Life Podcast. This space is here to uplift, guide, and encourage you. As you listen in, you'll find relatable experiences, guidance, and practical tips that can help you as you navigate the difficult seasons of change, loss, waiting, whatever season you're in. Together, let's notice the ways in which God is near and how His goodness is still showing up for us in the midst of this season. Today's episode will cover marriage. I wanted to share some habits that we've implemented in our marriage that have really helped it thrive and have really moved us to a good place where we have now some good tools that we can move use to move past, you know, difficult situations. Um, also, just kind of some little practices that I've picked up along the way in my 15 years of marriage um, have truly, truly helped me and my husband and just the, the way we relate to one another. So stick around, listen to the entire episode, and I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you can push through the uncomfortable <laughs> topics, the uncomfortable talks, or the uncomfortable convictions of the Holy Spirit, because it might happen. Um, So just stick with me and listen in because God might have something good for you, something that you might need to apply to your marriage today. So like I mentioned, uh, I've been with my husband for 20 years, actually, but we've been married for 15. And by the grace of God, we did come to Christ together. Um, I do have to mention before I begin, though, that I know marriage is messy. I know that there is so much history and maybe even hurt. Trust me, I've been there, done that. I mean, I think... It happens, right? Even I think even in our earlier, more immature days, we've all just brought in so much, you know, hurt to our marriage, not knowing what we were doing. But please know that there is so much opportunity for restoration and reconciliation because all things are possible with God. I truly, truly believed it, believe it. My husband and I have faced some very difficult seasons, man, with grief being like at the forefront of it, especially in losing a child. You know, statistics show that 16% of marriages end in divorce due to the uh, death of a child. But I truly believe that God has done quite the opposite in our marriage. And this is something that when I talk to my therapist, when I talk to my spiritual director, they always affirm like, man, the fact that you guys are like in this place in your marriage is so beautiful because the opposite would have happened. I've seen it happened. I've, I have friends that have lost children that, and you know, unfortunately it's ended in divorce and, and it's just, I'm so grateful that we're not there, but it wasn't easy. It really was not easy. We did face difficulty, especially when we saw, we lost our son, Evan, um, almost five years ago. And, what really helped it was, of course, God, the word of God, continuing to put God at the center of it. But counseling helped us so much. It helped us to learn to communicate better and to release unrealistic expectations from each other. But more importantly, extend so much grace upon grace upon grace upon grace toward one another and just being really quick to forgive I know that not every marriage is going to be this way I know that not every husband is willing to follow Christ I know that 
not every woman is willing to follow Christ. And if you find yourself in this situation, I, I, I can understand that it's really, really difficult. Um, I wanted to share these things, not because I, you know, don't know how hard it can be for different marriages. I know that um, when your husband doesn't want to follow Jesus, it makes things extra hard. When there's abuse, it makes things extra hard. I mean, I would never want you to stay in an abusive relationship, but just know that what I share today is, is use whatever you can. This is not to like impart any shame on you or any judgment. It's just sharing from what I've learned and what's helped me, what friends have shared with me, how they've poured into my marriage. And so I just wanted to share it with you because you might not have that in your life. You might not have a community of believers in your life that are guiding you or that are kind of pouring into your marriage. Um, so I wanted to share just these habits that have truly transformed my relationship. And I've been just so blessed to have been received it. And now I just pour that onto you and hopefully it can help you in whatever which way. I can say that I do wish I could have listened to wise counsel sooner. I wish I would have made the choice to move past offenses in my marriage and forgiven way sooner. But I mean, it all had to happen so that I could tell you this <laughs> today. Unfortunately, though, I do have to notice that um, acknowledge that this is what the world sells. The world does sell unforgiveness, pride. It's all about me, 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 me. And that makes me sad because, you know, if you pay attention, you will see it, that you will see and notice that there is like tons of media. Cause I mean, hello, like everyone watches TV, right? And everybody is on the internet and everyone's always consuming, consuming, consuming like images, information. And a lot of it, just is not pro-family. It's not pro-godly marriage. It's very, um, where women belittle men. If you pay attention to like sitcoms, if you watch sitcoms, they, they don't honor their husbands. It's, you know, we live in a world where feminism is popular and I'm not saying I'm anti-feminist. I think there's a way to be a Christian feminist, to be honest, um, to empower women and give women a voice. But I also know that they take it a little too far. The world, and feminism, they, where they belittle men, where they put themselves above men. And that's not what the word of God says if we're following what the word of God says. Now, I want you to pay attention. Pay attention to the shows. Pay attention to the reels where they make fun of guys, where they, where their women are just like poking fun. Now, there's a difference between like funny, like let's say, I don't know, like silliness, like where there's like reels where, you know, the husband's buying sneakers, you know, or little things but then there's other things where it's just belittling to men and I just ask that you have discernment as you take humor into you know those type of reels and those type of shows just pay attention like have your eyes open I remember growing up just hearing like that it was just from what I learned it was just better to hold on to resentment no and why am I gonna forgive oh hell no he did not just do that to me well that's what he gets and I'm gonna pay back and we're, you know, as women, we're just full of pride and guarded and just unwilling to forgive. But I, I want to tell you something, though. Like, Satan hates you. Listen to this very clearly. If you find yourself in this space, no, Satan hates you. He absolutely despises you. He hates your children and he hates your husband. He hates your marriage and he wants you to suffer. 
And he wants to come in between you and your husband to create division. Because family is what God created to advance his kingdom. God created family as our gift. Family unity is what God intended for us since the very beginning of time. And it is Satan's purpose to kill and destroy. And that is what is he is after. You have to know that your husband is not your enemy. And you have to know that Satan is after you. And, he is, and it includes your faith. He's after you and your faith, your children's faith. He is after you to create division and chaos in your family and your marriage. And if he can do it, if you allow him to, then he will get his way. I have to throw that out there because it's very real. The Bible talks about it. And if you don't know, it's time to open the Bible. <laughs> I'm going to get very passionate in this episode because I just feel like we just don't know the power we have over the enemy. We take it for granted, you guys. And we also take for granted just the power of prayer over our husbands and our marriages. Gosh, like I can go on and on all day in regards to that. <laughs> but let me stick to my points because, you know. I want to stay focused. <laughs> so I, I do understand that some of these steps that I'm going to share, they're not easy because you might find yourself right now in a difficult season in your marriage. But as your sister, I encourage you to stay open and be willing to bring to the Lord all that you're carrying. So I do want to begin with prayer. We're going to do this a little different this time. I know I usually close in prayer, but this time we're going to start with prayer because I know that sometimes our hurt and our pain that we're carrying from, um, you know, experiences in our marriage might prevent us from really listening and letting the Holy Spirit convicts, convict our hearts of what needs to change and the opportunity we have to create change in our marriage. So let's begin here. Jesus, I invite your Holy Spirit into this conversation. You are welcome here. Take over. Would you open our eyes? We open our hearts and our minds to you to speak to us, move us, Convict our hearts to what needs to um, be brought up. God, we hope to gain something today that we can apply to our marriage. Help us notice the burdens we also need to surrender to you. Where can we take action? Open our eyes and just put our focus on it so that we can help our relationship thrive if it is on us. Help us to notice the ways in which we can honor also our husbands, Lord. I know that's so difficult, so help us just be willing to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said earlier, my husband and I have been together for 20 years, married 15, and like I said, we have had really, really hard seasons, especially in the beginning of our relationship. I came into our relationship with so much unhealed trauma. I mean, I came from a family of divorce, absent parents, abuse of all kinds, including sexual abuse, you guys. The beginning of our relationship was nothing short of rocky. My nervous system was stuck on fight mode, and that is exactly what I brought on early in our relationship. And my husband comes from the complete opposite. All in all, to be honest, we, we really are complete opposites in everything. Like literally everything. Sometimes he jokes around and he tells me, babe, look at these two sneakers. Pick one. Let me, let me see if you can guess the ones that I like. And I pick the complete opposite and he thinks it's hilarious because he's like, oh, I knew, I knew it. I knew you would pick the opposite because that's just the way we think. That's just the way it is. But honestly, God really does make it work so wonderfully. It is not easy, but because of God, we are here. <laughs> but in regards to unhealed trauma, 
I do encourage you to seek professional counseling if you are struggling with this. Going to therapy for myself really helped me heal and gain so many tools that ultimately I can use in my own marriage. Even if you find yourself in a space where you think you both need to go, but let's say he doesn't want to, I really strongly encourage you to start on your own because you never know. Um, it might be that you that needs it. Sometimes we think he's a problem, but to be honest, we're not perfect and we can be contributing to the situation in an unhealthy way without even knowing it. I think um, lack of self-awareness is so prevalent and especially when we grow up with you know trauma. So I just really encourage you to deal with your own issues first and stop waiting for your husband to say yes to go to therapy because you'll still gain something. It's from your own good. So try to not let pride get in the way and getting stuck on the fact that, well, why should I be the one to go if he has all the issues? It might be true also, okay? Let's let's just keep it real. It might be true, trust me, but you will still gain so much by going for yourself. There's so much goodness that you can gain from going to a therapist, to a counselor, um, preferably Christian counselor because I've always noticed that just it aligns with my values. So I just encourage you to find someone that aligns with your values. And don't quit until you find the best one, until you find the one that you connect with because it's like a relationship. You have to shop around for it and make sure it works. So yeah. So through through the years though, thankfully. So hopefully you are open to thinking about what's your next step in regards to that and that you take action because um, there's so much, again, there's so much good that can happen. So I wanted to share um, that through the years, God has really transformed our lives and our marriage in some ways. But here are some things that we kind of like decided to like, um, things that we decided to do to help our marriage that really did. And then there's some also like worldly behaviors that you might be giving into now that might be harming your marriage. And I say it because I see it everywhere. And, um, if we are to live an honorable life following Christ, we are to be transformed in our minds by um, reading his word. And the fruit of the spirit is what happens when we are transformed, when we are reading the word. So we, if we are continuing in these behaviors, then we're really not um, operating in the fruit that, the, that, God, um, that God grows in us from reading his word. So like, uh, I'm going to see if I can remember <laughs> the fruits of the spirit. I should have typed it up, but. Um, it's funner to remember this from like when I used to work at the church and we used to sing these with the little kids, love, patience, peace, kindness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are all the, the fruits of the spirit that we should be, um, that we should be operating in. And it comes to our marriage. Our, it should be first in our marriage. And if we're not, if our husbands are the ones we're least patient with, we're the least forbearing, that we're the least, then there's, we need to do some soul searching. So let me tell you the worldly behaviors that can harm your marriage. One, going to people before God in his word, to the wrong people, especially for advice and counsel. For example, if you are going to your single friend who's out there living her wild life, her best life, partying it up, she is not the one you should be going to seeking any advice or venting either. Because misery loves company. 
if you have an issue with your husband that you've gone to God, you've gone to his word and you're just like, man, I'm just stuck or I just need, you know, I just need an ear. I need a, a shoulder to lean on. I need a good caring friend that can just hear me out. Then you need to call someone that has a healthy marriage. Who are the healthy marriages around you? Start there, begin there. But only if you're able to, unable to find the answer in the word or if you feel like, you know what, I'm just like really lost. I need wiser counsel. Do not go to the single people, okay? I'm sorry. No, we don't go to divorced. We don't go to single people. Again, misery loves company. Just choose the wisdom. Choose the wise friends um, to go to because they're going to be the ones that are always going to cheer on your marriage. And this is something I always tell my friends. I will always point you to Jesus and I will always cheer for your husband. I will always encourage you, especially to have sex with your husband. <laughs> Sorry. I'm always going to like, that's going to be the first thing. Girl, you need to just have sex. Like, honestly, that's just, that's just the way I do it. <laughs> um, number two, letting pride take over, being unwilling to have a serving heart toward your husband. This is something that's very common. Um, having a mentality that says, well, I'll only let it go if he does this. I will only forgive when he does this. Ay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you don't want to hear this, but it begins with us. Here's a quick verse on this. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and, co and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. There's another scripture that says too, if it is in your will, if, if it is in your power, live at peace with everyone. And that includes, first and foremost, your husband. So do whatever you need to do. Again, within reason, if this is, I'm not talking about like abusive marriages. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying with that, within healthy reason. Here is another one, number three. Putting your children first. And I might ruffle some feathers, but trust me, your marriage will thank you for it. Your husband will thank you for it. This is major. <sighs> I see, and I grew up, where moms just get so lost and they get so preoccupied with their children. They forget about the poor husband. And that is so damaging to your marriage because your kids are going to grow up. And this is what some uh, many women that were wiser and older than me have always shared with me, have always encouraged me, like, put your husband first, put your husband before your kids, because they're going to grow up, they're going to get married and make a life of their own. And eventually, you're going to be empty nesters. And you don't want to be stuck with someone that you don't know. You don't want to get to the end of your marriage or the end of your life and figure out that you didn't know your husband all along. So stay friends with your with your husband as your kids are growing old. So make your husband and getting to know him a priority, spending time with him. Um, make Just make sure he is, that he knows that he comes before the kids, that kids know boundaries, that they sleep in their own bedroom. I mean, them sleep. I'm sorry. We co-slept when the kids were little, you know, up until like maybe three years old. But after that, girl, they need to be in their own room, okay? Because your husband needs his wife. He needs his wife. And now, I mean, the boys even know. Like, I spend time with my husband, and I'm like, where's my boyfriend? I even mess around with them. Like, leave me alone. I'm going to hang out with my boyfriend. Go away. <laughs> but they're older, you know, so I just mess around with them like that. But they've always heard us, like, just hanging out, chit-chatting, having long conversations, spending time together, going out. I mean, right now, like, 
if we want to spend a day together, he'll take a day off and we'll go, you know, to breakfast or to lunch or we're just together. It doesn't have to be anything special. He definitely, um, we definitely make that time. But also, while I'm in this point of putting your children first and making him a priority, stop waiting for your husband to plan all the dates. That might not be his gifting. Just know that that might not be his gifting and you need to release that. That was something that I used to do back in the day that I would put that pressure on him and then I started realizing all the pressures of the world that my husband has and that he has so many different abilities and gifts and I was just putting the wrong expectation on him. So if it is in your will, in your if it is in your power, girl, just schedule that date and stop throwing it in his face. Like just do it. Okay, <laughs> number four, porn. Porn, yes, porn can be an issue even for women. I'm very careful to not, that is not allowed in our house. That is not part of our house. It's not in our home. It has not been in our marriage. Thankfully, my husband doesn't have a porn issue, um, but I had an issue with porn. I had the issue with porn, and yes, it can also be an issue for women. I saw porn for the first time at nine years old, and it messed me up. It messed in my head with the way I saw intimacy, with the way I saw my body, objectification of my body and every other woman's body and and the way that a relationship between a man and a woman should be in intimacy, the way I should carry myself. And it seems pop. It's very common. It's it doesn't make it okay. You know, the Bible says that everything is permissible, but not everything is good for you. And um, it's, it seems innocent. You may think that it's innocent to watch porn together, but fantasizing over that, it like really messes with you and messes the way our we see our spouses and messes the way it messes with the way they see us. But also, I'm going to tell you another one that seems very innocent, leaving the door open, allowing for that, fantasizing over Hollywood and male actors, crushes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to put this out there because I see it so much. Allowing yourself to fantasize over actors is still not right. Let me tell you what Matthew 5.28 says. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Even though it says woman, this is also for us women, you guys. Like We cannot be crushing over celebrities. We cannot be crushing. Our only crush should be our husband. We should not leave the door open for the enemy to create division. We should not be leaving the door open for the enemy to create um, just, just uh, like, just, yeah, separation between our husbands. Our husbands are our soulmates. Our husbands, we are one flesh. We should not be allowing the enemy to come in between and letting us crush on celebrities, on singers, on baseball players, on basketball players, on football players. Girl, don't even give the devil a foothold. Like, don't even, like, follow uh, certain people that you think are handsome, okay? I'm sorry. I do this. I do not follow no freaking guy, like, that I think is handsome. I don't need to. For what? So just I'm keeping it very real with you guys. It sounds maybe very harsh for you, and I'm sorry if it does. You know me. I'm very direct, and I'm very passionate about this because I feel like Going the opposite of what the world is doing has really helped my marriage. And I pray to God that it helps yours if you are struggling. I also wanted to read Matthew 6, 22 to 23. 
It says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is a darkness? You guys, you got to protect your eyes. You got to protect what you see. And along with this line of porn and fantasizing over actors and stuff, I'm also going to throw out there, you need to have some strong boundaries. Like you should not be texting guys. Okay. Like I, I like friendships with, and anyway, you know, I'm not even going to go into that one. If you have questions, you can email me <laughs> because there's, you have to have clear boundaries. You have to protect your marriage because the enemy takes advantage in every single which way. Like don't under, don't, don't underestimate that he is very real. Okay. I think we forget. And that's his biggest tactic is he's Satan's biggest task tactic is uh, making you think that he doesn't exist but he does so just know that okay <laughs> so what can you add to this list um what do you think lord like ask lord the lord god what what is it that i can add to this list is there something i'm doing god is there any reveal to me the ways in which you might not um be pleased with what i'm doing in my marriage help me lord it starts there it starts with us so i encourage you friend to pray and ask him what ways you're not helping the situation in your marriage and to show you, show you direction and give you wisdom. Number five, um, another thing that I've noticed is having a lack of boundaries, especially with your extended family and parents, siblings. In regards to this, remember that you are now one flesh. You are one. This used to be a challenge for me back in the day in my early years of marriage because Remember, I come from divorce and looking back now, I can tell you that I repeated only what I saw. I wasn't getting wisdom from anywhere. I wasn't learning how to be a wife from anywhere. I was simply repeating behaviors that I witnessed in my own family dynamic and they were not very healthy. So I would make decisions without talking about it to my husband and I didn't really value his wisdom, especially in regard to my extended family and decisions we needed to make. I wouldn't trust him enough to guide me and um, I overextended myself to my family and I overdid even at the um, demise of my own family. So I wanted to be my their savior. I wanted to do so much for them and it would just create problems with my husband because he'd be like, why are you stressing yourself out? And until I learned, to, I just need to let it go and I need to pray and surrender and trust God that my family will have their own story with God and that ultimately like God's got them. They're in his hands. So I just encourage you to clear uh, have some set boundaries with your with your mom and your dad because they're not like your first family anymore. And I encourage you to do some soul searching and wonder if you are holding your parents to a higher regard than your own husband. And if you are, I I just invite you to take that to the Lord because your husband should be coming before your parents. Um, your husband needs to be before your children. Your husband needs to be before your brother and sister, your cousin, your abuelito. So just, you know, just take it to prayer and ask the Lord to reveal that to you because um, priorities need to be readjusted if that's what's going on. If you find yourself having a hard time in your marriage, I also want to share guidance, not just, you know, convictions. Um, I want to share some things that you can start doing today for free. You guys, it doesn't take anything. You can start right now. Um, I want to start with number one. Don't under, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Pray for him, for your marriage, for radical transformation, 
honestly, this is where I can see that transformation truly took place and it began. I started with um, reading that book, Power, Power of a Praying Wife, because, you know, sometimes you run, you run out of ways to pray for your husband. So busting this book out helps me stay focused since it has like really, really amazing prayers for my husband. And you know what? I also use it for, um, there's so many, Power of a Praying Parent, Power of a Praying Woman. They're like amazing. Seriously, I highly recommend them. You can find them on Amazon and they have like all these prayers ready and even Bible study. It's amazing. Um, so pray, pray that your hubby would have a deep hunger for wisdom. Pray that he has like a fire in his heart ignited for God, for his word, for his presence. Pray that he would grow in compassion toward you also. Um, because I know that it's not easy for husbands sometimes and pray that he would become the leader of his home and step up the way God wants him to and that he becomes the man God has created him to be. Pray also that you can allow him to be that leader. Pray that you can get out of his way and that you can submit to your husband and allow him to, 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 to be who God made him to be. Because I know sometimes as women, we can just be a little harsh on our husbands and we can be a little overbearing. So I just pray that you would just trust God, trust him in the process and uh, pray, pray, pray. I cannot say it enough. I mean, especially when we're arguing, pray that God helps you forgive. Okay, when you find yourself in a discussion with your husband is just not going anywhere in your mind as you're talking or as you're trying to stop yourself from talking, just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, intercede. And he will let it be your go to as soon as there's a disagreement. This is something I do. I force my mind to go there. I say, Lord, I don't want to. I don't want to right now. I don't want to forgive him, but help me. Help me forgive my husband. Intercede, Holy Spirit. Help me forgive him. Help us reconcile. Help, help us come together again, Lord, and help us move past this in forgiveness and love toward one another. And I assure you, like, seriously, it happens. Like, God is so good and so faithful. He, he, he does his good work every single time. But it takes us taking that step of saying, God, intercede right now. Number two, prioritize intimacy. Don't withhold, don't withhold intimacy with your husband out of anger or manipulation. Don't see it as a weapon because Jesus created this for us to come together in one with our husband. So just see the beauty and the value of it that it's, it's almost like what brings you together. It's so special. And, um, I noticed like you can see that whenever you're not getting along. I would tell you, like, I've noticed in my own family, in my own marriage, that sometimes if you're not getting along, you're like, oh, wait, when was the last time? Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. No, we need to come together because seriously, like, our husbands, like, they need it too. And we do too. So let's do it. <laughs> so don't, don't withhold intimacy from your husband as a weapon or manipulation to get him to do what you want him to do. That's not very kind and that's operating out of the flesh. We're op we're not operating out of the spiritual realm. We're not honoring. We're 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 holding on to resentment and unforgiveness. So I would just invite you to ask the Lord to help you not withhold this. Um this is something that I just grew up knowing and hearing all the time. Girl, you better not give him any. You know, that's that's kind of what you hear. Oh, girl, whoa, no, he does not deserve it. Like it's for both of you. Um, and if you find yourself having an issue with that because you've experienced sexual trauma, again, I encourage you to seek a therapist because it really will help you break through some of those issues. 
Um, there's a book that I read that really, really helped me in my healing process. Um, you never fully recover from, you know, sexual abuse. It's something you're going to live with forever. But there are times where you trigger, you get triggered and there's times where you have peace. And most of the time I can tell you now that I've had a lot of peace. It's um, the book is called by Dan B. Allinger and it's called Healing the Wounded Heart. And it's so good. It helped me understand so many things and it opened my eyes to so many of the behaviors that I took that I, you know, was a part of or that I did back when I was younger. And gosh, it's such a good book to healing sexual abuse. Okay, number three, build him up. Send him a text every morning. Imagine, okay, we as women have such an influence, please know this, on our husbands to make them feel like they are on top of the world. Girls, being a man is so hard. Just like being a woman, let's not devalue what men do. Let's not take away from that. Yeah, it's really hard to be a woman, but you know what? When we say, oh, it's harder being a woman, we lack empathy toward our men. They, dude, right now we're living in a world where they're trying to like get rid of the male figure, okay? They're trying to get rid of men. And if you don't, if you don't know that, it's because you don't pay attention. Like read the news, okay? There's a lot, a lot going on where they're trying to erase the male and what masculinity is. So let's not take that away from them and maybe start thinking, notice the qualities and the gifts that he does bring to your marriage and point those out. Point them, um, how does he help your family? I'm sure your husband blesses your family in so many ways and he needs to hear it from you. And he needs to hear it in the morning so that he can have a great day because when he comes home, it's going to make such a difference. Remember, he is not you. So if he's not doing things the way you are, be okay with that. Um, he is a man and he does things differently and that's okay. So just learn to embrace it. And if that's hard for you, in, invite Jesus in and say, God, it's hard for me to embrace it. Help me notice how good he is to our family. Help me notice the ways in, he which, in which he helps us. Help me show appreciation to the things he does and um, how, he compliment, how he compliments your life. So how can you let him know that? You have to let him know that. And if he doesn't do it to you, again, I'm going to tell you, friend, begins with you start with you you be the the change maker in your home for your marriage like you have such an opportunity and I invite you to step into it and to say you know what I'm gonna build my husband up this is what I do every single morning I text my husband every single morning it's either he either beats me to the punch or I do it but no matter what we absolutely by eight in the morning there is text to each other I love you, baby. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for being a hard worker. I appreciate you. Your team is so great. To, it's so blessed to have you. You are such a good leader. Thank you for the way that you did this. And he does the same to me. And this is something that we've just started over the years. And honestly, it just sets the tone for our communication for the rest of the day. It sets the tone for when he comes home. We check in with each other. We connect of course, after his restroom trip. <laughs> but who doesn't, right? What man doesn't? Every guy's doing it. So just let that go. <laughs> but I encourage you, sisters, text your husbands and build them up because the world out there is too harsh for a man. And they already have to deal with so much bullshit, honestly. Like, to still come home and deal more, with more bullshit. Like, no, let's, let's, let's build them up and let them know that we believe in them. That goes such a long way. Okay, number four. 
these are hard, you guys. These are really hard. And I know that I might not be making some of you happy, but <laughs> I promise they will help you so much. Number four, um, stop shaming him and emasculating him in front of others. Stop arguing with him in front of others. You guys, there's a difference between like playful banter and like legit, I'm angry at you, you just piss me off. Like have some self-control, sister. And ask the Lord to give you wisdom to hold your tongue. And if something happened that leaves you unsettled, have that conversation in private. It is not only so embarrassing for him, man, and that's the worst thing you could do to a man is embarrass him in front of others, disrespect him in front of others. Oh, I feel so bad because I've been put in some situations where the girls are shaming their husbands in such a way I'm just so uncomfortable. I'm like, I just want to walk away. Like, it is so uncomfortable to be in the presence of couples that fight with one another in front of people. Like, seriously, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just, it's cringe, man. Like, just have some self-control, sisters. Like, stop. Stop the shaming. Stop emasculating him. Like, stop. If anything, do the opposite, okay? That goes such a long way. Speak so highly of him. The other day, I saw my friend and at church, and I was like, it was we were in a conversation and it was so sweet to see the way she was building up her husband i was like hey but you're doing this right me being you know a punk and then just messing with him and then um she was like oh no like she came and she's just like so like kind and sweet and building her husband up in front of me telling me you know what, friend? No, he's, you know what? He's such a good husband. He's been doing so good because I've known him for a long time since they were early in their marriage and I was just kind of messing with him. But um, she was so sweet and I really love that, that she did that, that she was building him up in front of others, that she didn't go along with it and say, I know, tell him, friend, tell him. No, she was like, you know what? He's so good to me. Like that was, that was so sweet. So just yeah, build him up. Do the opposite of what you want to do. Do what, what is honoring. Do what, yeah, what is honoring. Um, so number five, own your part. Ask the Lord to reveal to you what are the ways in which you are sinning against your husband. <sighs> this is a hard one, you guys, because we don't want to recognize our own sin with our husbands. We can recognize it with life and like in general, right? But when it comes to our marriage and our husband, we don't really ask for that. And I realized that when I was having a big disagreement with my husband a few years ago. And I was just, oh gosh, holding on to so much resentment I didn't even know. And I was just having just crazy, unrealistic, unfair expectations of my poor husband. And I was just holding him to some crazy standards. And oh gosh, I just, it was unfair. It was so unfair for him. And I remember I called my pastor was my boss at the time and I he had he I mean he's been married forever like 20 something years I think I don't know he's older than me um he comes he's a good it's a good marriage I trusted him I was like you know what I'm gonna call him and have him just give me man advice because sometimes like the way I see it is I want to hear the guy's perspective so sometimes I'll talk to like a pastor a male pastor to give me a man's perspective because I'm like, what am I missing? What am I not understanding from the male perspective? Because sometimes going just to women, like it, it's not, it's like one sided, right? So I'm like very like, I like both sides. I need to know like, what am I missing? So I went to my pastor and he was just like, he really like told me like, hey, like what are the ways in, can you ask the Lord? Like what are the ways in which you're sinning against your husband? He didn't really like, 
told me, this is what I see wrong. This is what I see wrong at all. He just invited me to pray and ask the Lord to reveal to me those things. And God really did. And that day when my husband got home, I asked him for forgiveness. I was like, God, I, I said, babe, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I went and I talked to my pastor and this is what he encouraged me to do. And, you know, I came home and I prayed and this is what God revealed to me. And I'm so sorry for sinning against you. I'm sorry for doing this to you. You do not deserve this. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do better. And he was like, first of all, so surprised. <laughs> and second of all, so full of grace and so kind. And he was like, I'm sorry too, babe. And then he said sorry for the things that he had been doing. And it just like, it was like, honestly, when we, that's that situation, like really helped us move forward with so much grace. Like it really changed the course of our relationship. I can tell you like humility and surrender was and just it just really helped us like continue to extend grace to each other it's so hard to do you guys but god if we just if we were just to like let god just he'll he'll turn it everything around he's so good oh gosh anyway number six uh here's another one uh support a healthy hobby within reason if your husband loves like doing certain things like just support him like they work so hard and I'm not saying like let him go to a bar every night, but just be okay with giving him a tiny bit of space. I know that not every husband is supportive. I know that not every husband is present. I know that not every husband is helpful around the home. And I'm so sorry. I know that's hard. But if, if, gosh, like my husband, for example, he loves soccer. He loves soccer. And he, um, he's a goalie. He plays for a league. And there were times where he was part of two leagues. So he was playing like twice a night. Now, my husband, thankfully, I know not every husband can do this. He has super clear boundaries at work. He does not overwork. He works his hours and he does not answer phone calls outside of work. Like he's very like, nope, my family comes first. No, thank you. And thankfully, his job does allow him to have those boundaries. Um, and I know that, that not every husband can be that way. But as far as like his hobby goes, he like loves it so much. And when he can't play, he just doesn't feel like he just feels like something's missing. So as a wife, I like to support that. I tell him, you know what? Like, go play. Go play because I know you need it. Or he tells me, I need to go run. Okay, go run. Go do your thing. Like, don't worry. You know, I got you. And and he supports my hobbies. So I just want to encourage you. I know it can be hard, but just know that he is happier when he's able to do just one little tiny thing that he loves that gives him joy within reason, within health, right? It has to be healthy, um, now would I be okay with my husband playing soccer like every single night? No, of course not. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> you have to have healthy boundaries to that too. Um, lastly, number seven, let go and let him parent your kids, both of your kids. Like they are his kids and your kids. This is a major one, you guys. And let's see if you can do it because it's really difficult. I'm still learning. I'm still releasing. I'm still surrendering. Um, and fear has a lot to do with it. Losing a child gives you like some crazy fear that you're going to lose your other children too. And then you kind of become more controlling. Let me tell you, it's not easy, but you got to do it. Um, let him, let it go. Let him parent his kids the way he's going to parent his kids. Remember, he's a man. He's not a mom. He's not going to nurture the way that you would. He's not going to parent the way that you could, that, that you would. Even if he doesn't do it, if he does it differently than you, they're going to be, your kids are going to be okay. Okay. Thank God your kids have a present dad. Thank God that your kids have a dad that wants to be involved, that, that loves them, that talks to them, that does things for them. Just let it go. Let them be. Like, you don't have to leave lists. 
you don't have to like control every single thing he does just let him be dude like this is what i've learned like just let him be they are his too so stop falling for the temptation that social media sells you of separation that women do it better than men let's stop that let's stop to um you know let the enemy create this division between you and your husband and fight that temptation also to find the humor in belittling your husband's where oh um i have to do everything if not it doesn't get done right no, like, why do we have that mentality? I'm so sorry. Like, it, yeah, there's this big thing. Like, if I don't do it myself, then it doesn't get done right. No, let them do it and be okay the, with the way it gets done because you're all a team. It's not going to be perfect. Like, release that control, sister. Like, trust me. Like, you're going to be so much happier. You're going to feel living more in freedom. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Bondage is when we try to control. Bondage is when we live in fear. So I ask you, sister, as your sister, to let go. Just let him do it. I am going on a girl's trip, okay, with seven other women. And I am like, you have no idea. I'm so excited to leave. It's a mommy's getaway. And it feels so good to know that I can trust my husband because I've made it a practice to trust my husband and not obsess with the details of what's going to happen with the children when I'm not here. He's got them. If they want to eat pizza for breakfast, go for it. I don't care. If they want to go wherever, go for it. You're going to be great. They're going to be okay there with their dad. So I encourage you to trust that and it feels so good. Let me tell you, I've done it before. I've gone on retreats by myself before, like overnighters where I just leave um, by myself to a hotel or whatever and get massage and a facial. And I don't call. I don't call because I'm like, you know what? He's got them. Like, why do I need to be calling? Anyway, I'm very passionate about this too. Um, so I encourage you, friends, surrender your marriage, surrender control, surrender. Don't stop giving it, giving into fear. It's holding you bondage. And Jesus came to break us free from all that. And you have the choice to be a chain breaker in your life and your marriage and your family. Just know that, gosh, if you can trust one thing, know that God will really blow your mind at how he will transform you in your hubby's heart. He really will. He'll show you, gosh, so much good that will come from it when you just surrender so much. I know it's not easy, but if you start these steps and you make a conscious choice to like say, oh, oh I'm going to do what I, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to stop myself and think about it for a minute before I actually do it and you stop it, the more and more you do it, the easier it gets. So I encourage you to, to start those action steps now. Start, start doing the opposite and of what you've been doing, and it will become less and less uncomfortable. So as we come to the end of this talk, friends, I want to leave you with this verse, of course, in the app version, because it's one of my favorites, Galatians 6, 8 to 3. <laughs> Galatians 6, verses 8 to 10. I'm just leaving this in the, in the episode, you guys. I'm sorry. You're going to have to hear it. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard the ambulance in the background. Like, I could hear it right now. Anyway, this is what Galatians 6, 8 to 10 says. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit, to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in, if we do not give up. So then while we as individual believers have the opportunity 
Let us do good to all our husbands. I mean, to all our people. That's what it says. To all people, including our husbands. Not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born again believers, especially to our husbands. So remember that it begins in our marriage. It begins with us. So what can we own today? What can we do today? What is our part? And this is where God invites us to ask him, Lord, what is my part in all this? What do I need to change? Where do I begin, Lord? Because me expecting him to change first has not happened. So then it must begin with me. So let's let's do that. Let's make it a prayer. I invite you to act in faith and and the Lord will help you. And he's, again, he's so faithful. I promise he's so faithful. Well, I pray that God blesses you and that you've been blessed with this message. And I thank you for sticking with me. I know that it might have been a little um, rough. And it might have been uncomfortable or you might have not agreed with some of these points. And that's okay. Um, I, I totally understand. I know. Like, it, listen, you got, you're got you ready when you're ready, you know. And some of these points you're not ready. And that's okay. But ask the Lord to help you be ready. And I thank you for being open to hearing this message. I'm going to keep you in prayer as the week goes by. And, I'm, and I ask that the Lord helps you step out in faith in your marriage and that he transforms the parts of your marriage that need to be transformed beyond your imagination in a way that only he gets the glory. He will and he can because he is so good. So thank you again for listening and I'll see you here next time for another episode here at the Holy Life Podcast. I love you and I ask that you take care and also that you share this episode with a friend who could use a little guidance in their marriage. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Holy Life Podcast. Share this episode with a friend who needs some encouragement today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please follow us on Instagram at the Holy Life Coach.